Hello everyone, you are listening to the Igbo Initiative podcast with Ugochi Onyewu. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Igbo Initiative podcast, where we celebrate all things Igbo. We speak to amazing women in different walks of life who are either Igbo or who are friends of Igbo culture. Today, I sit down with Ngozi Enya Ibe. I met Ngozi a few years ago through a friend of mine, and I knew right away that she is a girl's girl. The Urban Dictionary defines a girl's girl as a girl who has respect for female etiquette, a girl who is not petty and strives to be ethical and decent in her dealings with her female friends. We wanted to do something a little different in this episode. Ngozi is a smart, accomplished project manager and a proud Igbo girl, of course. But we wanted to focus on something different that we knew that the audience would relate to. Female friendships. I could think of no one better to talk about this with than Ngozi. Ngozi has a passion for helping women find their tribe. She recognizes the need for human connection and debunks the theory that women cannot form deep connections. She's currently working on a project around this passion of hers and we are super excited to see it unfold. In this episode, we discuss Ngozi's quest to learn Igbo. We also discuss girl code, reveal Ngozi's girl crush, and the best way to complete the sentence, life is short. So hey, Ngozi, thank you so much for joining today. It's so nice to talk to you. How are you doing? I'm doing really well, Gucci. Thanks for inviting me. Yes, I'm so excited about this topic. You know, it's like... It's funny, when I thought about the topic, I thought of you immediately, and I can't even tell you why. I was just like, Ngozi would be the perfect person to talk about this. Uh, So we're just going to dive right in. I'm so excited. I I really want to hear what your thoughts are. This is a show where we celebrate Igbo women, celebrate Igbo culture. So I would like you to give us some background. You know, where were you born? What part of Igbo land are you from? Did you grow up in Nigeria? Talk us through that a little bit. Let's get to know you first. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so basically, um, if you can't already tell <laughs> from the way that I sound, I actually <laughs> was born in the here in the U.S. Um, I was born in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Go Blue, U of M. Um, and I, yep, I live, I am Igbo. I'm um, from Oloko in Ikwanu, Mwahia, local government area. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure I've butchered that, but you know. <laughs> so I was, uh, I was born and raised here. I lived um, in Michigan until I was about 12. And then I moved back to Nigeria. My parents moved us back to Nigeria when I was 12. I went basically kicking and screaming. Um, totally did not want to leave. I had never been, so I was terrified. But it was absolutely the best thing for me ever. Mm-hmm. So um, moved back and I started, I did my secondary and my university in Nigeria. So I went like straight from Michigan to like boarding school, <laughs> which is another story in and of, in and of itself. Um <laughs> But yeah, did secondary in college and loved it. So I spent a total of 10 years in Nigeria and then I moved back here and I've been here since. Um, mm. You know, I do go back and visit, but that's really kind of the background. So is it is it fair to say that you did not grow up speaking Igbo or did you? 
I think that would be very fair to say. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I didn't, you know, and honestly speaking, it's one of the biggest regrets that I have. And, you know, that I tell my parents, what were you thinking? But Mm -hmm. you have to think about it, really. They came, um, so they came because of the Biafran War. Mm -hmm. So it was a time when they were kind of trying to, you know, not really shed that identity, but, you know, being able, you know, there were issues with that. And so Mm -hmm. they, when they moved here, they really wanted to assimilate. And I guess, one of the ways for them at that time and, you know, just the the way of thinking really was just to sort of um, acclimate as much as possible. And so speaking English was something that they were really, really, um, you know, just focused on bringing Mm -hmm. us up. They didn't really focus on the evil part of it because Mm -hmm. they were, you know, with all the turmoil and everything. So, you know, in hindsight, and they said in hindsight, you know, that they wish that they had spoken evil to us. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just something that I, you know, really, you know, regretted that I can't speak. Yeah, but you know, it's so interesting when I talk, and everyone kind of says the same thing when I talk to them, especially not everyone, the guests that did not grow up speaking Igbo, they always express regret as if it's too late. You know what I mean? And I think part of the reason for (laughs) celebrating the culture is like getting the message out that even if you're 85 or 90 and you don't speak Mm Igbo, you can learn, right? I mean, you know, there's so many resources. And I, 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 I guess I'm in the same boat. I did grow up speaking Igbo. Um, but I don't get to speak very much now because obviously I'm in the U.S. and, you know, I only speak with friends, you know, one or two friends that speak Igbo. But I still think that there's ways to, you know, kind of. So it's a challenge. I'm throwing down the gauntlet for you, Ngozi. <laughs> Let's learn it together. <laughs> yes. Listen, listen, you are absolutely right. And I have I've made, um, you know, stinted attempts at learning. So like. You know, it'll be like a New Year resolution. I'll download apps. You know, I have my father-in-law get me like an Ebro dictionary. I mean, I was on it. And then, you know, life happens. But you are absolutely right. And to be honest, it is one of my goals to learn. So you know what? You just may have to have me back on another time. To, you know, to speak Igbo and let you guys know I got it now. So yes. We'll yes, see. Yes. And maybe what I'll start doing also is speaking to you in Igbo as well, even though I'm not, you know, I'm not as fluent as I used to be. <laughs> we'll just muddle through together. Yes. You know? <laughs> exactly. I blame all of you, my Igbo friends. You should be speaking Igbo to me. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And to that vein, you know, you talked about your parents and obviously they had a huge mm-hmm. impact on your life, bringing you over during the Biafra mm-hmm. or at least coming over during the Biafra from war before you were born I'm sure but what influence can you specifically speak to um, that your parents had on your life I'd be interested to know you know um really I think when I really think about my parents the first thing so as far as influences go my dad um was just huge on education so he was an educator he taught at the University of Michigan um Mm -hmm. and when we moved back to Nigeria we moved back to Calabar and Cross River State and he taught there at the University of Calabar until he retired. Hmm. So he, yes, yeah, so he's a huge educator, very cerebral, and it was such a focus on our, on us in our house. And, you know, as Nigerians, of course, in general, you know, we all go to school. That's not an option. Mm-hmm. But, like, it was, like, extra with him. Like, he wanted you to think about things very cerebrally, like, in terms of just, like, you know, even in the house, like, you know, critical thinking and, and, and applying, you know, mm-hmm. everyday learning and things like that. So mm-hmm. through my dad, I really have a strong affinity towards education and just, mm-hmm. um, and not necessarily formal education, even informal education, but just, you know, self-teaching and learning, um, you know, continuously. So I've got this zest to continually learn. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom, 
she just gave me a, a, a love of life. Oh my God. She, and I say was because she's late now. She passed her breast cancer mm. um, in 2001. Mm. But my gosh, when you talk about someone who was full of life, she modeled an energy that I can only hope to, you know, even touch. Mm. Um, a lot of people do say that I, I am like her in that regard, mm. you know, just because of my love of life. Yeah. But she just, she made me know that I could, you know, try anything, go for anything and just embrace you know, just embrace life. So hmm. she gave me a love of life. My dad gave me a love of education. Hmm. And here I am. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's interesting, Gazi, I did not know that your mother had passed, but I would definitely say you just telling me she gave you a love of life. I would say you definitely have that. What's the word? Energy. <laughs> Energy. Yeah. And when you'll come back on and we'll talk about the fitness and the, and the and just the other aspects yeah. of you. But you are full of life. There's no question about that. You're, you know, a bit of a cyborg in my view. But that's for another day. Obviously, you didn't grow up in Nigeria. You didn't grow up speaking Igbo. Well, you did grow up in Nigeria. You went back when you were 12. Um, but... You, you identify as an Igbo girl, I would imagine. So what does it mean? If that's the case, what does it mean to you uh, to be an Igbo girl? What, how does that influence who you are as a person? Are there specific elements of the culture that specifically stand out to you that you can identify with? Talk us through that a little bit. Yeah, well, I mean, definitely, I definitely identify as an Igbo girl. Very, very proud, probably even more proud than I should be considering I, you know, I can barely speak. But I just really, I've, lo I've always loved, from what I know of the Igbo culture, I've loved um, so many of the, you know, the, the traditions, um, the cola, breaking of the cola. I remember mm -hmm. that, you know, I, when I got married um, to my husband, I was so insistent on going to my village to mm -hmm. do my traditional wedding. Oh, and wow. I'm really the only one out of, yeah, out of all six of my siblings, I'm the only one that went, you know, all the way back to the village to do that. And I did that because I just always loved the, you know, the, the traditions and the rights of the marriage and, you know, the idea of coming out and kind of looking for your husband. I mean, I, I just, I adore all of that. Yeah. And so just, I really love what I do understand about the Igbo culture. I love learning about it. Um, I, I have family, my dad's brothers are very, very um, well-versed in the history, you know, Igbo land specifically our, um, our area. So I love hearing stories. I love reading, um, you know, nonfiction, um, anything I can get my hands on, but it's just such a rich culture that, you know, I, and I feel like I've only scratched the surface, yeah. but, you know, definitely will always be proud to be Igbo um, and, and will continue to self-learn as much as possible, yeah. you know, I, everything that I can. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I know you talked about going back at 12 and you went to an all-girls boarding school. Um, so growing up with girls, what impact did that have on the way that you see other women? Because I went to an all-girls school as well. And I, I really do believe that it, it makes a difference, right? In the way that you kind of view women and, and view your girls, you know, having grow, grown up around girls. Do you see what I mean? Absolutely. You're right. It does. It really does. Um, you know, and so like I said, when I was 12, I moved back to Nigeria and I went straight to boarding school. So I was not only dealing with, you know, suddenly being around you know all, all these girls and just being in this all-girl environment I was literally dealing with just the whole change um you know in scenario and culture and everything you know everything mm -hmm. so and I don't know what I would have been like if I hadn't gone to boarding school but I will tell you that I love who I've become because of going to boarding school mm -hmm. and growing up with all these girls yeah. um I think that you definitely form a sisterhood mm -hmm. you know it, it's, it's 
inexplicable unless you're actually in it. But these are women that you end up for the rest of your life knowing that if you call, they will come. Mm. You know, and, and I think most of the people that I've spoken to also have had this experience. You know, most people that I've spoken to that did go to boarding school, an all-girls boarding school. And so I think it, it taught me a lot about women. Mm. Um, it taught me a lot about myself, too, because mm. you start to see yourself reflected in others and you, you, you see differences and similarities. And it just kind of really shapes, um, you know, how you view women in mm. general. It mm. gives you a different perspective. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely right. And would you say that most of the friends that you have now came from school? Because you know how they say make new friends, but keep the old. Have you have you would you say that most of your friends are from school? Or have you made new ones since? You know what? I, I, it's funny you mentioned that because I, I um, when I'm thinking about that, what do they say? Um, no new friends, you know, it's like your day ones and all that. Yes and no. So it's rubbish mm-hmm. and it's not. I mm-hmm. definitely have core friends from school mm-hmm. that I would lay my life down for and vice versa. So mm-hmm. my very best friend forever and ever is someone that I met in boarding school when I got there the first couple of weeks. Um, we have been friends ever since then. She's my best friend in the world. Mm-hmm. It's been, you know, over you know, 30 plus years and she's my person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely did come away with a few other core friends, both in um, boarding school and in university, you know, and so, yes, definitely, I've got um, wonderful friends that I, I, I made through boarding school. But I will also tell you that even in my adult life, I have formed some wonderful friendships, mm. just, just amazing. And it's interesting because they tell you that it's very hard to make friends as an adult. Mm. And I would counter that theory and say that it is not. Mm. It is really about how you approach it. Mm. So I will tell you that I have wonderful friends from school and I have amazing friends I've made in my adult life as well. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, really interesting. So, you know, I, I, I think about you and, and I'm going to ask this question kind of a little bit, um, what's the word? Suspecting that I know what the answer is, but I could be completely wrong. You know, when I think about friendships or when I think about women, you know, I think that there are, or I believe that there are three categories of women, right? There, there's the, or girls. So there's like the boys, girl, um, there's like the girls, girl, and there's someone who sees themselves as their own person. And I'll explain, you know, that no one category is ne- necessarily better than the other. They're all the same. There's nothing right or wrong or better or worse, right? But for example, when you think about a girl's girl, at least when I think about a girl's girl, I would think about Beyonce, for example, right? If I were to think about, and that's, you know, mainly I would assume that a huge part of her fan base is female, and then when you think about a boy's girl, you think about someone like Kim Kardashian, who I would assume, and again, I could be wrong, this is just my perception, that a huge portion of her fan base is male. And then I think of someone who is her own person, and I think of someone like J-Lo, who maybe has a mix of both male and female, doesn't really have identify with one corner or the other. I guess the reason I'm kind of going into this a little bit of a ramble is how would you identify? Because I suspect I know the answer, but I'm really interested to hear what you have to say. Go ahead. Wow. <laughs> That's really an interesting, interesting way to break it down. I don't know what you suspect, but when I listening to you and kind of what you're describing, I think I'm definitely going to say that I'm a girl's girl. Yes, I, I would have assumed yeah. the same. Yeah, just from what I know about you, and I, I only I've only known you for eh, a few yeah. years, but I would definitely mm-hmm. say that you are a girl's girl. Yeah, yeah, I am, yeah. and I think it's because this is the thing. So I am, I am. I mean, if you to know me, is to know that I am pro woman 
all day. Like, I will be the person walking on the road, minding my business, and someone's testing woman. I am there. I'm like, what, you know, what are you doing? What's up? What's going on? I am, like, I will fight for women until my dying breath, okay? And because I'm so pro-woman, and don't get me wrong, it's not, like, not blindly, like, you know, whatever, but because I'm so pro-woman, it's hard for me when I'm with guys or around guys, even my husband, for example, you know, to support some of the things that they say or ways that they behave. Mm -hmm. So, like, I feel like maybe, like, a guy's, a girl's guy, a boy's girl or whatever, would understand them and then yeah. get that, you know, it's a guy thing, but no, I'm like, no, that's BS. <laughs> that, you, that's, that's not cool. You can't. So like, they would be like kicking me out. They'd be, okay, you got to go. <laughs> they kicked me out the club. So I'd be calling them on everything. So I'm really, I'm definitely a girl's girl. I love being a girl's girl. And mm -hmm. I think I'll just be a girl's girl. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. And again, you know, nothing <laughs> wrong with any of the other categories, but I think of a girl's girl mm -hmm. and I, I think of you and I'm like, yep, that's where, that's where I'd put Let's you. Listen, anything that puts me in the past day category with Beyonce, I am there for it, okay? <laughs> 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 I hear you, I hear you. So what is your definition of a friend? What qualities does that person have? Talk to me. Mm. It was, so when I um, think about that, it's interesting because, you know, it's really so dependent on individual, you know, personality. Mm. But I, I really think that there are some core tenets to, you know, being a good friend, some basic qualities that are kind of non-negotiable. Mm. Um, one of the first things that I look for is authenticity. Uh, I just, I need you to just bring your real self, mm -hmm. you know, to the relationship. Mm -hmm. If you, if you don't do that, I, I can't, I can't trust you. Mm -hmm. I don't know who you are. You know, I don't know what your agenda is. Mm -hmm. I personally, I will bring myself raw and unfiltered. I mean, which, you know, I mean, I, I like, there's no air. This, this is what you see is what you get. I mm -hmm. promise you. Mm -hmm. It may not be pretty, yeah. but I guarantee you this is the real deal. <laughs> so, I mean, you need to be authentic. Um, the other thing is I need you to be loyal. I mean, I personally, loyalty for me, it's, it's, it's right up there with godliness if you ask me. Mm -hmm. I need you to be, like, I need my friends to be loyal. Mm -hmm. And when I say loyal, I don't mean blindly loyal, like, agree with everything I do and say everything. No, mm -hmm. but just like be in my corner, mm -hmm. you know, even if you're in my corner, calling me out of my BS, that's fine. But mm -hmm. I need you to be loyal. I can't be wondering what you're saying behind my back mm -hmm. or what your, you know, what your, what your agenda is. I can't. So loyalty is a big deal for me. And then I think one of the other things for me, another quality um, in a good friend is not, don't be judgmental. Hmm. And I say that because listen, there's enough, the world is judging us enough every day on mm. everything from our mm. physical appearance, mm. to what comes out of our mouth, to our financial worth. I mean, it's mm. ridiculous. Mm. So when I'm with my friends, that needs to be a safe space for me. Mm. And, and I try to be that safe space for my friends too, mm. you know, so leave the judgment at the door. Mm. You know, we're getting judged enough. And I just feel like as friends, we just need to be there to support each other mm -hmm. regardless mm -hmm. so if you bring those things to the table we can definitely have a conversation mm -hmm. you know what i mean mm -hmm. that's I, the foundation of a strong friendship yeah yeah so you know that's interesting because you talked about um obviously making you know how some of some of your closest friends have been from school obviously you're in it together you're fetching water together serving punishment together and all the rest of it. you mm -hmm. kind of grow mm -hmm. but you also talked about making some really good friends in adulthood as well you know and you kind of dispelled the myth that it's hard to make friends when you're grown up so i guess for me i'm curious as to how do you actually go about 
picking friends? Is it based on you? You did say it wasn't based on personality, but maybe interests. Are they? Do they all have to be fitness cyborgs like yourself, or is it? Is it you know <laughs> like the same music? How do you identify? You, you think to yourself, yeah, I think this person would be a good friend. You know, I'm I'm curious. You know, to to be honest, I it really has just been organic. Um, yeah, I didn't really set out. To make friends, God knows that the way my life is set up and I'm so crazy right now, I barely have time to even, you know, be with myself, talk mm-hmm. about people looking for new friends. But yeah. in each instant, I will tell you, it's definitely been an organic um, experience. Mm-hmm. And it has stemmed from engagement in, you know, different walks of life, different activities. So mm-hmm. like the fitness thing, like you mentioned, that's a huge one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really obsessed with, with, you know, being fit and being healthy and taking care of my body. Mm-hmm. Um uh, there are other things that I'm interested in as well. I'm interested in like, um, you know, financial wellness, mm-hmm. um, you know, being smart about, you know, I'm, I'm, like I said, continuous learning and things like that. Mm-hmm. And just life. So I've got, um, I'm married and I have three kids and my kids are engaged in different activities. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, within my neighborhood where I live in my community, it's been necessary to, you know, I've had, you know, just based on what I'm engaged in, where I have made, you know, friends. Mm-hmm. So I think that it is organic. Um, but you you then now once you're put into that situation because of that you know activity or whatever it is then your individual characteristics and personality will determine whether that friendship actually becomes a bond a strong mm-hmm. bond you know mm-hmm. and deep friendship or mm-hmm. whether you just remain acquaintances you know mm-hmm. as it's convenient yeah so so that's kind of what happens mm-hmm. we start out with just being engaged in some of the same activities and things in general and then you find that you have that proclivity towards each other just mm-hmm. based on certain characteristics and mm-hmm. just the way that you guys behave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I, yeah, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, to your point, it's organic, right? It's not like you we're all so busy. You don't set out mm-hmm. thinking, oh, I want to make five friends this mm-hmm. month, whatever. <laughs> it does make sense. It no. makes sense. It makes sense. <laughs> Ngozi, what does girl code mean to you? For example, you know, um, what would you consider breaking girl code so i'll give you an example you know for example some people would say if i'm friends with someone they can't date someone that i've dated in the past that's breaking girls girl code do you see what i mean what what does that mean what does girl code Mm -hmm. mean to you i would say that for me girl code just means that in everything that you do every interaction that you're having with your friend you are you are lifting her up you know Mm -hmm. you're elevating her everything that you do has to make you and her better so I think with that, if you keep that in mind with all of your interactions, there's certain things you just won't do. Mm. So, for example, you probably wouldn't date, date your friend's ex-boyfriend or whatever or, because you know that that's going to um, jeopardize the relationship with your friend. Mm. That's not going to lift her up. That's mm. not going to make her feel better. Mm. Um, so for me, girl code would be everything that you do, right? You're looking out for your girlfriend as much as yourself. And if you if you can't do that for me, then, you know, what are we doing? Mm. You know, that makes sense. So it's not like you have a list of rules. Don't do this. Don't do that. But if you're Mm -hmm. thinking about the premise of the friendship, which is lifting each other up and what would I do that would not lift this person up, then it kind of covers everything, right? As opposed to just making a list mm-hmm. of, I expect you yep. to smile, I expect you to laugh, I expect you to do exactly. this. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That makes sense. And how realistic is that? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That it's makes not realistic. Sense. So you, that might, makes sense. you might forget some things, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it doesn't make sense to have a list, but just have a basic, you know, 
idea, basic foundation, basic rule, and everything else kind of falls into place. Mm, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So do you believe that your friend's enemy is your enemy or do you make your own enemies? What are your thoughts about that? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, so the way my mouth is set up, I, I can make enough enemies on my own. I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm, just, I'm, a very blunt, I'm a very blunt person, straightforward. So sometimes it rubs people the wrong way. But no, to answer your question, I, no, my friend's enemies are not going to be my enemies. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, because if you have an issue with somebody, that's their issue with them. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's unfortunate, but I would never like to judge a person based on someone else's experience with them. It just mm-hmm. wouldn't be fair. I wouldn't mm-hmm. want someone to do that to me, mm-hmm. and I would never do that to another person. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that that can create some conflicts in terms of loyalty and, like, well, you need to choose her over me. And you know what? It's, it, it should never come to that because, first of all, we're all women of a certain age at this point, right? I think we can all get along or not get along, mm-hmm. you know, pretty well. Um, so, no, I wouldn't say that my friend's enemy is my enemy and furthermore if my if I think that my friend's enemy is actually an okay person Mm. I'm going to go back and find out what's really going on because if I like you and I like your enemy you're probably both pretty awesome people so let's just work this out and all get along I knew you you were going to say that yeah you're going to go one step further not only is she not my enemy I'm going to mend the relationship between the two of you I love that I love that I love that speaking about mending relationships how would you mend a fence with a broken relationship say you and a close friend had a falling out how would you go about mending that fence assuming it can be mended because I'd like to ask you also what are some of the things that are just complete deal breakers but we'll answer the first question first <laughs> right so that's but, but that's a good point so the first question is 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 the relationship worth mending like what what mm. caused the breakup is it something that's kind of a fatal flaw type thing but mm. you know it, 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 funny enough a few months ago I actually was kind of in this situation mm. um interesting story yeah I um I have a circle of girlfriends we're very dear we talk you know constantly all day we chatter together you know we are very very close we're sisters I would call mm-hmm. us sisters um we all bring different personalities to the to the group to the friendship right mm-hmm. so we've got you know I'm a project manager by um you know by job my job that's what mm-hmm. I do so mm-hmm. I'm very analytical I'm very task oriented and very focused you know mm-hmm. I like scheduling I like planning because of that, I'm kind of the planner of the group a lot of the time, but I'll be the one to like, put things together, mm-hmm. which is great. So that's my role. And everybody has their role to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were in a situation where a friend um, just wasn't, you know, we weren't on the same page with communication, um, kind of rubbing each other the wrong way. It escalated where it shouldn't have. And mm-hmm. I, I said some really mean things. Um, I don't know if you recall, I mentioned before, I've got quite a tongue on me working mm-hmm. on it. And, you know, so I'm a prayer, so prayer list. Um, I said some really mean things when I said them, you know, I, I mean, I won't lie and say I didn't mean to hurt. There was definitely an element of hurting, but I also wanted to pass along the information of this is what you're doing. And this is why, you know, I, I'm unhappy with it. Mm-hmm. And I think I maybe went a little too far. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I really hurt her. I, mm-hmm. I really hurt a friend. Mm-hmm. And even thinking about it now, it gives me chills because I'm really not that person. Like, if you know me, I'm mm-hmm. not, I would never set out to hurt a fellow woman. I would never want to tear a woman down, mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. So I was, you know, I, I really hurt her feelings. She shut down. She disappeared. And, you know, like I said, we are a group of friends. And so my friends were like, and I said, what happened? I kind of said, you know, this is what happened yet again. My friends are like, oh, no, you need to fix that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's why I love my friends. They will call you out. Mm-hmm. They will call you out in a heartbeat, though. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, 
okay. And at the time, I was still a little hot and feeling a little self-righteous, but I heard my friends. And for me, ego will never get in the way of a relationship. Mm-hmm. I would, you know, I, 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 that, that will never be an issue. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to fix this. And so I went into repair mode. Mm-hmm. I reached out. Um, she was still so hurt that she couldn't respond. I was like, I'm here, you know, whatever you want to talk. And I was, I was, re- it was really important to me mm-hmm. that I not only repair this relationship, but let her know that I loved her as a friend and mm-hmm. I did not mean to hurt her in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and what eventually happened, actually, like I said, because I belong to, I have an amazing group of women, female friends, is they all rallied around us and they lifted us up. Mm. And they said, nope, not on our watch. Mm. This is not happening. They orchestrated, they, they, you know, they communicated, they, there was communication breakdown because we're very different personalities. And mm. so our, you know, we weren't diving. Mm. They rallied around, they lifted us up. And, you know, with their strength and with our love um, and respect of their friendship, we were able to get back on the path of healing. Mm. And, um, and now we're, I like to say that we're really good. And what I'll tell you is interesting is that in a relationship, you really have to establish boundaries. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you don't establish boundaries, mm. that's where things like this happen. Yeah. Because I didn't know the point where I could push her and vice versa. Mm. And that's why we ended up where we ended up. Mm. Um, but yeah, like I said, the interesting thing is that I think our relationship has shifted a little bit, but it's okay. Mm. If you, so, you know, like, imagine if you break a, a base. If you break a base and put it back together, it's not going to be quite the same. Right. Um, it's right. going to have, you know, yeah. So we're not quite the same, but I think mm. where we are now is a little bit even better because mm. now we respect our boundaries. Yes. We kind of know what we can and can't do. Yeah, that's, so. that's true. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, talking about, that's interesting, talking about mending fences, right? There are times when, you know, you're not the one that's, what's the word, doing the offending. Somebody else offends you, right? And I know it's difficult because we don't have a list in our head of things that you will and will not forgive. It depends on the situation and the person, actually, because you know someone, if two people do the same thing, you know one person, it's just a personality, maybe didn't mean it. The other person, it could be a different story, right? So there are all sorts of different reasons um, for why someone might offend you. But I guess the question I'm trying to ask is, what in your view can you forgive and what would be a complete deal break? I mean, apart from the obvious, right? A, a best friend sleeping with your husband or whatever, you know, I'm just I'm exaggerating to make a point. But you get where I'm going. So what in your mind is a deal breaker? and What can you forgive? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. Uh, there's, there's, there's not a lot that I... I should say there's not a lot that I won't forgive if I think the intent behind the act was, you know, was not malicious. Hmm. Um, I try hmm. to be, I try to extend grace as much as possible mm-hmm. because you just don't know what people are going through mm-hmm. at a certain time. You don't know what place they're in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's never an excuse for bad behavior, but I will extend grace as much as possible because I Trust me, I need a lot of grace extended towards me, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. you know, just depending. But I think mm-hmm. a, bet- a betrayal for me is really unforgivable. And when I say betrayal, it's not, it doesn't even have to be anything as extreme as like you said, someone sleeping with my husband. That's obvious. But one of the things that I really value about myself is my, my character, um, mm. my integrity. Mm. And so if someone tries to jeopardize that, you know, malign my character, mm. you know, or, or try to put my integrity into question. Those are those are fighting words. That's mm. that's 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 the problem. You yeah. know, I have a problem with you because that's all I have in this world. If mm. you ask me, you go to be honest. I don't care how much money I have. Mm. I don't care how many material things I. Have. 
I need people to know when you hear my name or when someone says Ngozi said, that person should be able to stand on their life and say, yep, if she said it, that's the deal. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, or vouch for me from a character perspective. Mm-hmm. Oh, Ngozi, she would never do that. Oh, she would do that. So if I find out that you're someone who is trying to undermine or malign my character, mm-hmm. uh, no, we, mm-hmm. we're, we're done. Mm-hmm. We're done. Because, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that, that's really unforgivable. Mm-hmm. And have you ever, you know, just, just out of curiosity as you're talking, I just thought, have you ever sort of made friends? Because it sounds to me, right, that you have a gift for making friends. Mm-hmm. Not that you set out, but you kind of have that gift where it's a little bit easier for you to make friends. So have you kind of made friends with someone and then down the road they you know you've come to the point where you're like yeah you know what yeah this isn't working out maybe it's time to go our separate ways I'm just curious has something like that happened to where you're like yeah maybe not I don't think you should be my friend anymore I'm just curious (laughs) um not not close friends um Mm, okay I'd I'd like to think I'm I'm a really good judge of character Mm. um and so before you and I progress to that point where we're becoming that kind of friend I'm going to see through the BS. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. So, yeah. So if I, if I get to the point with someone where we're, we're really good friends, like I feel like I can count on you and count on me and vice versa. It's, it's very rare that that falls apart. Mm. Now it might shift just depending on space and time where yeah, we are in life, course, you know, course. or, you know, even geographically, but I've never had to cut anyone off and say, you're dead to me. Mm. You know, you're, you're, you're dead to me. We're not friends anymore. Mm. I've, I've literally never had to do that. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Never. Interesting. So, you know mm-hmm. what? You know, we're coming to the end, but I do have a couple more questions for you. Because he name a famous mm-hmm. person, and I'm sure it'll be a woman, <laughs> a famous person that you would like to have as a friend. <laughs> Why do you think that person would be a good friend? Let us know. Oh, my God. That is so easy. <laughs> so I totally have a friend in my head. I have a friend in my head. She doesn't know it. Um, but I stalk her, low-key stalk her, and I know that we are going to hang out one day. And it's very, so, uh, Gabrielle Union, I love ah. her. Oh, my God. I don't know. So, yeah. yeah, she is my friend in my head. I don't know if you've ever read, she wrote, she wrote a book, it's called We're Going to Need More Wine. I've oh, my God. If you read her book, if you read her book, you will want to, like, I mean, like, seriously hang out. She's, she's so genuine, mm. like no airs about her. Mm. Um, so in the book, she opens up completely. She, you know, she's super smart. Um, but, you know, she opens up about all her flaws, which are just, she's so human. Mm. You can totally relate to her. Um, you know, she's made the same mistakes and choices and had the same insecurities that we all have. Yes. But she's had so much fun with it. Like she's not hung up on it. And mm. I love that about her. She's hmm. so genuine. Um, brings her authentic self every time. And then, you know, I follow her on, you know, social media and everything. And I just love her life in real time. Like, she's so me. She's, she's corny. But, you know, she, you know like she's just everything that I can imagine in a really, really good girlfriend. <laughs> I would totally love this. So she's like my, she's my friend in my head. Okay. You know? Who knows? And Maybe we're, one day. Make that a reality. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> one day. Maybe one day. <laughs> that's interesting. 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 I didn't think you'd call her name. But, yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah most people don't because she's really low key. Like, yes. not like high profile celebrity. But I think that's one of the things I love about her. You know mm. what I mean? Interesting. Yeah, I'm so. gonna go. I'm gonna go look for that book. We're going to need more wine. I'm gonna yeah. look for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my god, you will <laughs> love it. You will love it. <laughs> this has been so much fun. But before you go, maybe you can end this fantastic episode by finishing this sentence: "Life is short." Finish that for me. Ooh, wow! I can't believe we're already done. This is so much fun. Okay, <laughs> let's see. Life is 
short, I would say life is short. Don't play it safe. Hmm. Like, you know, take, take all the chances, shoot all your shots. I mean, just live the heck out of it. Hmm. Um, it's, it's funny. I always say something. I always say, um, first of all, there's two things I say. My friends will tell you, I'll sleep when I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other thing I say is, at the end of my life, I don't want to climb into my grave, you know, all carefully, you know, one leg up to the other, hmm. neat and tidy. No, I want to skid into my grave, like, you know, 100 miles an hour, hmm. you know, breathless and just like all bruised and banged up. And like, I want to be like, wow, what a ride, hmm. you know? that is amazing <laughs> and you know like you said we have to have you back on the show to I want to ask you th- like two things that come to mind immediately how is your Igbo language journey going <laughs> and have you managed to track Gabrielle Union down and then of course we'll talk about fitness because you are a fitness cyborg so I look forward to having you back again to chat there's so much we could talk about we could keep going on and on and on but thank you so much this has been wonderful thank you Ngozi it's been so wonderful with you. Thanks for having me. I love this. And I will definitely be back with updates. You can be sure. Oh, thank you. Thanks. <laughs> so much fun. Ngozi had me chuckling all the way through. Please visit the website to access today's show notes, where Ngozi provides the title of Gabrielle Union's book. To access today's show notes, please visit the website and click on Episodes. Send me a note. As always, I would love to hear from you and I'd love to hear about suggestions for what you'd like to hear more about. You can do this via the website or email me at ugochi at Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye-bye.